it away. Tomer, Cole, dang! Whoa! Blue Abroad podcast coming to you live from Tel Aviv. It's summertime and I've got James Williamson, our resident Collingwood supporter. How are you, mate? Oh, very good. Thank you for having me yet again. I feel I feel like I, I, I'm privileged. You know, I feel like I've, have I been on more than any other guest? This I think this is my fourth appearance. Uh, look, Emilio takes the reign for being the the most featured guest, but he is a Carlton supporter. You are without a doubt the most featured guest. That's not a Carlton supporter. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. So blue board royalty, mate. I yeah, honorary legend member. Yeah, got your. Uh, Got your face on the Blue Abroad Hall of Fame. <laughs> you, and, you and the other four people that are featured on the podcast. <laughs> there's, not a, there's not a great amount of them, is there? No. <laughs> mate, mate, what's going on? Tell me what's happening in your world. Uh, not a whole lot. I am getting stuck into season 2019 of footy as best I can. Because, you know, as soon as... Uh, as soon as round one starts, all the way until the grand final, footy is pretty much my main focus in life. So I'm just getting, just focusing on that right now, watching it and analysing it. Super coach, that's another thing I'm getting stuck into. Love it, mate. I'm, uh, I'm with you all the way. Um, Thank you. And also, I guess when you have a team that is most likely going to feature in the grand final, let alone win it, I guess that well, also gives you a little bit of uh, motivation to keep going. It, um, it's definitely a lot easier to be very much into footy when your team's going, when your team's trugging along really well. Because I remember being more passionate in like 2010, 2011, 2012 than what I was for like 2015, 2016 per se. And now I'm back into the really passionate phase. Don't get me wrong, I'm not a bandwagon. I don't stop following. Like, you know me. I, of course, it's much easier to very much enjoy following footy, which is, I'm, I'm, I've got nothing but admiration for you, Carlton. You know, they've, they've struggled for a while and you are the most dedicated supporter I reckon I know of any club. Mate, there is... Uh, I feel like it's a sickness because there's something there's something about watching the boys get belted by 10 goals week after week that I just really enjoy. <laughs> that's 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 almost like the sadist within you. You, you If you enjoy that. But that, it makes the, the wins that you do get yes. absolutely so much. I could only imagine what it must have felt like to get that uh, win against the dogs. Mate. And the 100 points. Mate, I was already thinking about booking tickets to Melbourne and you know, I'm, I'm, think, <laughs> I'm thinking, I can't miss this rise to the top and be in another country. I need to be in Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're finals bound now, surely. Yeah. Well, um, mate, let's, let's start with the pies, mate. We're, I mean, I've watched every game. Have you? I thought, uh, yeah, I have. I thought your first quarter against Port Adelaide last week was the best footy I've seen all year. Um, GWS was actually pretty good on the weekend as well. Their first quarter was really, really impressive. But uh, when you guys are going, you like this, this like this silky, um, like... It is. And it's kind of like... Go on, sir. I think the... It's like, I think to myself, and I was saying like, I think to myself, can... Can you sustain it for four quarters? And sometimes, more often than not, you know, teams find a way to get back into the game and whatnot. But when you guys are playing well, it's so yeah. good to watch. It's it's real frustrating because I there's been I, 
Collingwood haven't really delivered a four-quarter performance this year. You know, we haven't... You know, our second quarter was quite terrible, really, against Port Adelaide. And, but that first quarter was... It was, it was absolutely yeah. tantalising. Like, it was just fun to watch. Just everyone seemed to know exactly what each other wanted to do. You know, you could, it was confidence. There was like, it was almost like there was a bit of arrogance about the club. Like, they knew that they were good. It just felt that way watching it. Yeah, the, the overlap, the overlap running is insane. And you, you hit the nail on the head. Everyone knows where everyone's going to move. Well, that's that's the thing. Really the the like playing it. group, like a lot of these players have been play, playing for a while together now. Like Crisp is, you know, he's entering, I think he's fifth year with the club. So he's he's really in in tune with the rest of the group. You know, Maynard, he's he's entering, what, like I think he's like fourth season. And he's only like 22 years old. So everyone's just, yeah. everyone knows each other now. Like trelaw has been in there long enough to really understand exactly how everyone else is going to move. And, it's just exciting to watch because when the ball comes out of like halfback, you know, you've got Crisp there and you like handball it over to Maynard who would just bomb it long. You just know that it's, it's going to work most, most of the time, which is really quite amazing to watch. I'm very glad. Yeah, I guess that, mm-hmm. that's where most teams try to get to, that synergy. Um, who's been, who's, uh, if you would, you know, obviously it's very early, but if you had to pick your... Your best and fairest um, uh, so far. I lo- who's I who's love, up there? I'm very happy that you asked me that because there's a lot of players that have really stood up, but Pendlebury has just wound the clock back. He is almost in career best form yet again. Like he was best on ground on Port against Port Adelaide against Essendon. I'm I'm not too sure if he was like best on ground in any other games, but he's been like solid, solidly amongst like the best five players in every game so far, and then he's had two best on ground performances where he absolutely dominated. So. Pendlebury would surely be uh, leading at best and fairs, I'd, I'd say. I think also when you're a captain and you perform well, you also have that little bit extra weight as well because it's a little bit, you know, you got more responsibility. Well, it's it's it's, it's, it's real good that the that to have a captain that can be both an amazing leader and an amazing player is that there's there's a lot of clubs that have like a captain that's. Mm-hmm an amazing leader but not necessarily the greatest player for example i'm not going to i'm not going to point fingers at anyone yep. but i think you kind of have an idea of who i'm talking about <laughs> and then you got like patrick Cripps, who's the exact same thing he's an absolute oh, yeah. done player and a great leader i think it's it's rare that the players have that ability to be both those things i think Cripps and pendlebury are like the the prime examples of great players great leaders yeah and speaking of the two of them, have you had a chance to check out um, Crips and Pendlebury uh, on that podcast? No. What, what's this? What are, you, what are you talking about? So Scott yes. Pendlebury has a podcast with, uh, yep. oh, what's his name? Jack Edmund, I think his name is. Uh, Jock, yep. Anyway, the podcast is called Jock and Journo. Um, and Pendlebury and, uh, I should, Jay Clark, I think it is actually. Um, it's been a while. So yeah, a I know about for, that. For ages. And, Mm. And this week, Paddy Cripps was a guest, um, and they had which is interesting. On it as uh, well. Obviously, they're playing this week. Um, yeah, Cripps, Cripps, and Pendlebury, and it, you can just sort of hear the respect they have for one another. And it was interesting because Pendlebury was talking about how he's now a tagger. I wouldn't in his I, eyes. I, I wouldn't have um, thought that. He, yeah, I think it was a bit of a yeah. tongue-in-cheek comment. Um, 
but uh, they were referring back to a couple of years ago when Penderbury did actually tag grips um, and Penderbury was talking about the process of how that happened and anyway, long story short, got to three-quarter time and Carlton was sort of up and about and um, yeah, Penderbury says to Bucks on the phone, like, I'm going to go to Crips and Bucks is saying, what do you mean? What are you talking about? He's like, no, no, I, I know what to do. Like, I'm going to go to Crips. So yeah, they've uh, got this admiration for each other and I think Penderbury did a number on, on Paddy Cripps the game after this particular time. And then I think it was round three last year, or maybe the year before, Cripps kicked three goals and uh, got right on top of Penderbury. So it's going to be interesting yeah, if they well, line up Cripps, on each other again. Cripps definitely has a good record against Collingwood. And I know exactly that game you were talking about. Because I remember, I remember saying to myself, it was, of course... It was, of course, he was kicking straight on goals. The game it, it came up against us because I remember up until that point, Cripps had a horrible record for shots on goal at, in that year. Up until that point, I think it was like the the later on in the year game. I don't think it was the round three game. I think it was the one after that where he kicked the three goals and he was yep. just kicking them straight. And I remember saying, "He's he's stepping up. He's kicking them now." Of course, against uh, the old rival, and it really hurt to watch. And I thought at one point. He's he's gonna win the, the the game, but then ultimately it ended up being a bit of a blowout. I think that second game by like five goals plus, which was quite good in the end for me, but not so much for yourself. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting because every time we've played you, probably the last three years, um, I've always felt like Carlton just had to make it a scrap. Like there's no way we can go head to head, offensive, you know, offense versus offense with you guys and expect to be in the game and so I find that the the last few games when I went back and did the you know my preview and did the research of the you know last time we met and whatnot uh, very low scoring games uh, you know in this you know 50s to 70s kind of thing um, and I just sort of yep. see that happening a little bit this week that's if we come to play if we come to play then we're going to make it a scrap it's going to be low scoring uh, I don't see Carlton you know coming out and scoring 100 points <laughs> against Collingwood um First of all, I don't see us scoring 100 points, but let alone scoring 100 points against you guys and expecting to come out with a, with a result. So I'm, uh, I'm shitting myself. But I still think there will be a response, and I think we'll come out firing. I think most Collingwood supporters I, yeah, expect exactly that Exactly right, and I, I expect exactly that too. Because every game that was played against Carlton in the last, like, probably like half a decade has been low scoring and hasn't been... Yep. A, none of them have really been a blowout margin, really. Um <clears throat> Every and you're exactly right. It, they Carlton, Carlton know exactly what to do when they come against us. Come up against us. That you know, they, I don't think Carlton have the the talent to go head to head with us. They need to make it a scrap. No disrespect, but they need to make it a real scrappy contest, like you were saying, in order to keep the get the the low scoring. And then at that point, you can maybe just like fluke a couple goals in the end. And you know, you've seen low scoring games. We had that Adelaide Fremantle game. Did you watch that? What was that all about? I didn't. I did not. But I mean, look, there's there's low scoring, <laughs> and then that, that there's three goals kicked to half time. I don't know what that was, but apparently it was like compelling. Well, compelling it was. It was. Viewing. It was. Oh, it was a comedy of. It was compelling viewing in the fact that you would you would never see anything like it ever again. It was. It was a turnover after turnover, clanger after clanger, no one was playing good except for um, Nathan Fife at that point. It was awful to watch. But was it was it due to like, you know, yeah. pressure? Oh, there was, or just the back four, six of each okay. team were dominating. 
Alex Alex Keith, I think his well, name I've is the Adelaide. Him. He's he's killing it this year. Yeah, so, you know who else is killing it? Uh, the kid from La Frio. He's in my Super Coach draft team, Luke Ryan. He, he is he's absolutely dominated, and he's he's flown under the radar. He'd almost been all Australian, and in fact, he probably is in all Australian form at the moment. So you know who is probably in, is. Go on, averaging. Averaging one hundred. Well, two uh, of them have been inflated. Yeah. I think. I think he's like had he's he's had like those two That's games true. where he scored like one hundred and forty plus. So it's it's inflated score. But if he can yep. consistently perform, even just get those nineties, he'll kill it. But I tell you who is in uh, Australian form, and I'll fight anyone that disagrees with me. Darcy Moore. Did you could see the game against Port more. Adelaide? Yeah, well, you did, but. He, I did, he mate. Was, I did. Nothing could get past him at that time. He was just taking, and he was intercepting. He was, yeah. He's, he's a. He can clearly tell he's uh, modelled his game after Alex Rance. You know, he really he's a really good one-on-one player, but he's also really good at um, defending space and reading the ball and just taking that uncontested intercept mark, like Rance does really well. Yeah, I think. Um... I think because he's got this he's very, very athleticism, like he's he's, it's almost a little, almost goes a little underrated. Now he is a super athlete, like not just a, you know, he's in like a you know, the top, let's say ten yeah. percent in terms of athletic most, yeah. aerobic yeah. capability. He's, I think he's, he's right up there. It, you don't really get too many like those, yeah, those aerobic, uh, mobile, tall position players. They don't, you know, they're usually lacking in one area. But I think Mark Moore has got a got a lot of them. A lot of them covered, and it's really good to see him be able to string yeah. together consistent form because he's he's deserved it. He uh, he's really seen it tough, consistent injuries, and uh, I'll be honest, I uh, wasn't sold on him being a uh, defender until that game in the JLT where he he pretty much completely negated Charlie Kerno. Do you remember that? And that was what sold yeah. me. Yeah, and now did, I'm mate. absolutely all on board him. Mm. Well, I've I've had him from day one in my Supercoach Classic side. Yeah, there's no fantastic. real need to trade him out just yet because uh, he's no, I, no, no way. Still earning money, and, and he's doing yeah. he's he's not doing poor enough to justify getting rid of him just yet. But he's not doing great enough to to. Sorry, what's the how, how do I how do I describe this? He's he's doing enough that you he's doing just enough to to hold on to him. Well, the reality is, I only really yeah. need an eighty. I mean, from defenders him. don't really um, get. There's only like a few defenders in the league that can consistently average a hundred plus. Yep, absolutely. So, what, what, um, what have you thought um, of Carlton so far? Have, I have you watched, watched much of the us? game against Bulldogs? I watched the game against Hawthorne, and I watched okay. the uh, the yep. uh, game, the other one, the Gold Coast game. So I watched probably your three most eventful okay, games. That's a perfect sample size. Yeah, of and where that's we're at. probably your yep, three most eventful games. And the game against Gold Coast, you realistically should have won. It simply came down to just a lack of uh, lack of game sense from Mitch McGovern. Lockie Plowman's fucking the end. balls. Well, he, yeah. if he was on the goal yep. line, you win that game. And he realistically not having someone on the goal line—that's just like that's just a coach killer, really. That was unforgivable, mate. It's, yeah, it's local footy. Like it's it's a local footy, and I just like, I alone AFL. can't fathom why he didn't get to the goal, the goal line, and but it, the game against the Western Bulldogs, I think Carlton played phenomenally good. I think uh, what's his name? Uh, 
Sam Petrovsky Seaton played by far the best game of his career that day. Crips absolutely yeah. dominated. I think they had like between them, they had like 50, over fifty possessions at halftime between them. Fifty-one possessions like between the most two of them ever in a game between two players was forty-seven each between Montagna and Stevens. So they had ninety-four between them, and they were on track mm-hmm. to beat that. They both tapered off a little bit the second half, but at to halftime, those two players were playing some of the best games you'll ever see from midfielders, and that pretty much set you guys up. I, I reckon you guys completely walked over. Yeah. Well, it was crazy because. Yeah, I mean, Samo, Samo's, uh, he's, he's actually playing his 50th game yeah. this weekend. Um, but Samo's a guy that we, we rate, you know, quote-unquote internally in the Carlton faction yep. as a guy who... Yeah. Of, his, um, ...of his body, um, kicking, his skills are elite. Um, he's to find a way to impact games more and get more on the ball. And we've been saying... You know, we're just waiting for Samo to get to a level where he's getting the ball 25 times a game. And he'd always sort of pop it around the 16 to 19 possession range. And then, um, yeah, and then obviously the Bulldogs game, it was like, okay, he's had like 13 in the first quarter. Um, and we're like, oh, he could be on here. And to have 26 at halftime the way he did, it was, it was so beyond anything that I had imagined he'd ever be able to do, especially in the next... I don't know, two, three years. I didn't see him being able to accumulate like that. So there's a little bit of hope that maybe he's not just going to be a, you know, a lesser possession, high impact player, but he's actually going to yeah, be able to He's definitely been, and that's going to be I'd say pretty cool for us. Uh, most improved player. I think Harry Mackay's uh, made a case for himself being the most improved player. Who else would you say is Carlton's? Because I haven't seen too much of Carlton this year. I've only seen three games. So, who else has really stood up for Carlton, like taken a step forward in their game? Yes, I. Ha- yep. Yeah. So Jacob Wiedering's taken a step forward, um, and I know that I know that he was the number one pick, and I know that he had a good first year, but you know he's, he dropped confidence. He was injured and uh, really became a, a shell of himself last year. So he's come back and he's been really solid. Um, yeah, Harry McKay's been great. He was. You know, as poor as Paul can get last week against North Melbourne, but obviously they all were. But yeah, obviously he's improved. Samo's improved. I think Zach Fisher's definitely improved. The thing is, a lot yeah, of them have just that, improved. I mean, that's what you know, we really want, really. Three, four. Like a, if you want, if you want like a whole uh, really whole group a, of players to improve a little bit, bit by bit. Well, that's right. That's There's what you even... want more so than just one player completely taking a step forward. Yeah, spot on. So, yeah, that's kind of where we're at. But um, I think, actually, I think Daisy Thomas has improved as well from, again, knowing where he was at Collingwood. Oh, definitely. I think, I remember thinking Dale Thomas was completely, was pretty much fighting for his career. And now uh, he's he's definitely taken on the leadership role. You can clearly tell he's, he's, uh, he's, he's playing, he's playing out there like he's, like he's a leader and he's trying to inspire his team. He's had it. He has had a few uh, few off moments, but uh, he's definitely resurrected himself. Uh, yes, yeah, Mark Murphy was one and Pendlebury was Daisy five. Daisy was picked two, right? Well, ironic, isn't it? Because um, He's I definitely down on form. I wouldn't say battling for his career, but um, there are some... That game against There are Hawthorne. some serious questions about awful. his... Like, what is his motivation to play footy? Um, 
mate. It's yes. It's, you know, you know me. I'm a as big of Murph fan as there is out there. Um, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, just to see him get to you know sort of snoop to this level, it's he's not old, and it's it doesn't make sense. He's he's 31. Like he's not old. He's missed a lot of footy through injury, um, and he's a guy that you know, while traditionally he's really good by foot. He's just like, it just looks like he doesn't want to put his body on the line. He's trying to sort of preserve himself. And all right, I get it. You it know, doesn't really make sense. Like, 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 I understand. I don't know where like, there's a rapid form. You know? he, well, he, wasn't, he wasn't awful last year. He was still pretty, pretty solid last year. He was very, probably maybe in your top three mids last year. And mm-hmm. yeah, but the games I did see, I remember thinking he's well, pretty he was solid. injured for, he only played 12 games last year because um, he got injured. Um, was he really? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And the year before, oh, wow. he was, I was not aware of that. You know, so it's not. Yeah, twenty seventeen, he was our best of yeah. best. Yeah, that's that's and, huge rap. And that was the year huge Sam Doherty had the All Australian year. So that goes to show the type of year he had. So he should not like. And also, the captaincy's gone. You look at Travis Boak, the captain resurrected. You know, been taken off his shoulders, and he's you know really playing with a, a freedom. And Murph just. Murph just is not anywhere near it. Like, it's not even... Yeah, there I, aren't even I, signs about... Like I said, I haven't seen too much of Carlton. It's but that, uh, the game against Hawthorne, he was like... He almost... It was almost like you, would, you wouldn't have known he was playing. How many touches did he have that game? Like, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been anything more than, like, 10. Mm-hmm. Did he really? No, I think he got... I think he got himself into the 20s that game. But they were very... Yeah, he finds it. Look, he's, look, he's a, he's a. One thing about him is he's a, he's an accumulator. He knows. Yeah, I remember the footy, few touches I did see him get. He pretty much kicked it directly to an opposition. That's the one thing that separates. Yeah, like he's doing the, you know the. Okay, so you know with those teams, okay, Collingwood are at that level now where they lower their eyes, they take their time, they hit their kicks, their lead ups. Those are the good teams. And yeah. then you have the not-so-good teams who just bang it on the boot and move it forward. They're not composed. Now, we have a lot of those players because they're young and for whatever reason. But Murph's always been the one who has been able to keep his composure and settle down, use his elite footwork, and hit a target. And he's just lost that ability, it seems. I couldn't agree me. more. And so you, where, you need... You know, he's worrying. He, you know, he's a he's a he's a leader. Like he's still one of your leaders, and you need you need that leadership. You know, you need the player to lower the eyes and hit the target. You know, not just bang it forward because Carlton are doing a lot of that from what I have seen. And you're lucky you have you know great marks like Mackay and to a degree Casbold at times to to <laughs> to save that. But I remember that game on um, the weekend where I oh, saw God. I think it was uh, Levi where he effectively. He tried to do a kick back into the the back fifty, which just resulted in a free goal to the opposition. And then a few minutes later, he had a shot on goal himself from like ten meters out and completely sprayed it. And I remember sending you the message, just saying Levi with the face palm emoji. That like, he just needs to <laughs> Levi Casbolt needs to really uh, focus. It... Well, he's a he's a squad player. He's a squad player. He's, yeah, he's, exactly. He's not. The only reason he's in the team is because Mitch McGovern's injured. Um, and as soon as Mitch is healthy, uh, I think we did play the four tools. Yeah, we did. I think we played the four tools against uh, the doggies. 
Really? Because we don't really have. Um, we only I really have more tall defender. You know, uh, How and Maynard can, to a degree, play on play on the tools, but uh, we've only really got one tall defender, and I think you probably could exploit that. But with it being that like scrappy contest, there's going to be a lot of hack forwards. You're right. You're probably going to want to rely on a, like crumbing players more in your forward line, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, like, I, so, I said it last year. Do you have any I said it last year, the two week? times that I was on the Carl- the podcast for the Carlton games, um, that no matter, regardless of the uh, the ladder positions or the mm-hmm. form, Carlton just find a way to to make it a, a cracking contest. And yeah, I I I think we'll win, but I don't think we're gonna. Destroy you guys, like like people would think, like the ladder positions suggest. We're not going to win by ten goals, you know. If we if we're lucky, we'll win by like four or five. But I think that's, I think we'll win by like three goals. But I, Carlton just find a way to, not let us score very high against you guys. Yeah, well, there's always a big build up within the club. You know, the club legends come in, and I think this this week is the. Uh, the 40-year anniversary of the 1979 Grand Final. And so they'll have the past players come in and talk about what it meant, um, uh, you know, to, to play for the jumper and whatnot. So I think there'll be, you know, you know, some, some passion. But I'll tell you what, if there is a 10-goal loss, uh, and if there is a 10-goal loss and, and Mark Murphy has his fucking 18 possessions... Um, <laughs> Wait, I might what take some screenshots oh, of the Carlton the, groups and, the and send them to you. Groups. <laughs> Mate, I'm I'm not kidding you. I've never, never been more embarrassed to be a Carlton supporter than when we the lose. Completely the completely ridiculous theories they have, and also it's just, it's, and it's the fact that they don't type with any grammar or any punctuation. It's just, it's illegible to read and. The, just the things that they say are completely ridiculous. And this is every club. I'm not just talking about Carlton. Every club has that. But it's I, it's the most funny thing. And every club has it. So don't worry. But it's completely embarrassing. You're right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just cringeworthy. So, look, I'm, I'm hoping for... Uh, yeah, I, I mean, even the, the second after we lost to North Melbourne... Uh, you know, the, the moment I started thinking about Collingwood, I said, well, we're going to respond. Like, there's no doubt about that. Um, I don't... Oh, I, it's not that I don't think we can win, which is crazy to say. But, um, you know, I think, we'll, I think we'll give it a serious crack. And I think, you know, we'll put ourselves in, you know, a winning position. We might be down 11 at three-quarter time, something like that. And I think ultimately, you know, the pies will just be better over the course of the four quarters. And, you know, the running power is there. Paddy Dow, I'm not sure if you you got this last year, but Paddy Dow did an interview, it might have been on the radio, and he was talking about matching up on Adam Trelaw and how it just sort of at the end of each quarter, Very he just could notice that, you know, Trelaw had the running power yeah. to just keep pushing and and Dow just didn't have that because, he, you know, he's 18 last year, he's 19 this year. So, you know, I think, you know, the running power is there. If we can shut that down somehow, we're a chance, but we also need... You know, Harry to kick two or three. I think you're going in with the mindset of like, we, we can win so, this, but I don't think we'll we see. will. That's what I think you're, you're going in with. Mm. Yeah. That's basically where I'm at. 
But um, yeah, very very excited. It's going to be a six forty five a.m. bounce here in uh, definitely. In and I'm, I'll be uh, I'll be chatting uh, to you so as it, as the game's being played out. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll only be responding if uh, we're in with a chance in the game. Yeah, if we're, if we're if we're if we're if we're completely out of the game, I'm out of there, mate. <laughs> mate, thank you so much. This is uh, all right. This has been GM, the longest mate, one I've done, and uh, it was a pleasure. Always. It was an absolute pleasure. You are most certainly welcome, and uh, depending on the yes, result, how Carlton plays, I might uh, sneak you on. Actually, no, I've got to get Thank Amy you, on as well. I did promise her I'd. I'd 